so this is a different Sunday, never really done anything like this before, and so I want to ask for a little bit of grace from you because um, I've never built a message like the one I'm about to share with you. Uh, we're calling today Vision Sunday, and it's the first time really we've ever done anything this intentional, and we're just kind of sharing where we think our church is headed in the next 12 months, and, um, and it's a lot to try to pack into one Sunday morning, and so uh, if it sounds raw and unpolished, that's because it is, so can I just have a little bit of grace from you, is that all right? And um, so, so thrilled that we get to be a part of things like that in, in Africa. I'll tell you right up front, one of our initiatives in 2022 is to expand our missions partnerships our expand, and, and our missions giving to our strategic partners around the world, ministries like Children's Cup, and um, so so excited that we get to do that. It's because of your generosity that we get to do things like that. It's because of the legacy offering that uh, you'll all have the opportunity to, par- to participate in today. And not only are you serving people all over the world, but you do it right here at home as well. And uh, a week ago, we had our Christmas shop right here, converted this entire building into a shopping mall for families and made sure that 106 children and their families have a beautiful Christmas this Christmas this week. Come on, everybody. Isn't that incredible that we all got to be a part of that? Y'all are going to have to get woke up. I'm just telling you right now, 830 service is out cheering you and they're out clapping you so far, all right? And they're half your size, all right? So y'all got, come on, we got to get, we got to get it going. We got to serve 106 children and their families. And what I love is your heart and the way we do things. We did not set it up so that we're the hero. We set it up so the parents are the hero. Gift wrapped everything and sent it, sent it home. And so moms and dads across our community, they're going to look like the heroes this Christmas when their kids come down and have gifts around the tree to open up. And, and uh, we just do that because we're, we want to be Jesus. We want to be the hands and feet of Jesus to our community. Come on, isn't that awesome that we get to be a part of, of something like that? And so we showed you that video from... from uh, Children's Cup, we also have just a, a quick little highlight from last weekend that we wanted to look at. Now, I want you to know this is, this is probably one of the hardest videos for our team to make because we try not to get participants on camera. We want them to have anonymity. Uh, so we really focus the cameras on y'all while you're serving. And uh, so I just want to take a couple seconds, let you get a little, little highlight, little taste of what went on in Christmas shop last weekend. And at the end of this video, can we just give Jesus the very best praise when it's over with? Come on, check this out. Let's give him our best. Come on, let's give him our best. Let's give him our best. Let's give him our best. All right, so it is Vision Weekend, and um, it is, like I said, it's a little bit different. Um, we're hopeful, by the way, that COVID will cooperate and um, that we can offer our egg hunt again in the spring, this coming spring. I know that many of you can't wait to participate in that again. We've done that the, several years before COVID for families with special needs and high needs children. And so we, we hope to expand that and grow that as well in the spring, as long as the, the pandemic cooperates with us. And I also need you to pray for 
for that to, to work out anyway, because we would like to make a part of our 2022 plan to offer overseas missions opportunities for you to uh, go to places like Eswatini, where we have those care points and children that you sponsor and, and go serve. And we don't go on trips to be the hero. We go on trips to be Jesus. Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And so we want to create those opportunities for you. Pray for Eswatini specifically. There is significant unrest there. Uh, you might know the word Swaziland. That was, used to be the name of the country, and it recently changed uh, significant civil unrest there, and so that is making it difficult. Um, I sat on a conference call Friday uh, with, with some other board members for CUP, and, and um, it's, it's, it's a challenge. It is a challenge there right now. We're still able to get resources to the kids that need them, uh, but that's why if you're writing your kids sponsorship notes, you're not getting them back. They had to uh, hand deliver. They're hand delivering all of the Christmas gifts to homes because if you have the kids come and gather all that stuff and then carry it home, they're going to get beat up and robbed. And, uh, and so we, we had our, the team hand deliver everything. So just pray. We need God to, to bring peace to that area and to that region. Um, Eswatini has the highest percentage of people living with HIV in the world, almost 24%, almost a quarter of the country uh, living with HIV. You still have, this is, how, this is how much of a problem there is there. Uh, you still have traditional uh, medical practices that are telling men that the way to get healed of HIV is to go sleep with a virgin. And so uh, that's leading to rampant child abuse. Um, so you just connect the dots there. So come on, we need Jesus to show up in that country. We need revival. We need a miracle. And, uh, and we need to continue to be generous there. Can I hear an amen? And uh, so hopefully we can, we can go and visit some of these places soon. Hopefully the pandemic will, will, will help us out and, and, and get out of the way. I do want to talk real quick about a few dates whoops, I just touched it on accident, uh, that, are, that are coming up. Some of these were already in church news, but I just want to reemphasize them. And here's my hope and kind of like a little bit of my fear. Like I want to give you lots of information today, but I'm hoping it doesn't sound too much like an infomercial. If it does, just, just give me a little bit of grace, all right? Can we do that? Can I have a little grace? Is that all right? So uh, this week, man, this is a busy week. Christmas at True Life kicks off Wednesday at 7 p.m., repeats Thursday at 7 p.m., repeats Friday at 2 or 4 p.m. That Thursday service will have American Sign Language interpretation available. So if you know anybody uh, who would like to take advantage of that, we will make sure that that is here. Uh, or if you know anybody that wants to come to one of the other ones, we'll hire interpreters for all of them if we need to, but we definitely have that secure for for Thursday. And uh, man, I'm just believing Jesus for, peop uh, to, for people to come and find him and step into relationship with him. I, I've, I've asked our team to build the whole service this year uh, around this idea like that our world has really just endured a lot of chaos and we need to introduce people to the Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God with us. And so that's the lane that we're going to run in. Uh, we're not going to try to overwhelm people with our production. We're going to try to get people into the presence of God for Christmas this year. Y'all with me? Y'all, y'all with me this morning? Is that all right? Okay. And um, so, on every seat is a little Christmas invite card that you can use to help you remember dates and times and choose the service you want to come to. But I want to encourage you to use that, leverage that as a tool to invite somebody who is not connected to spiritual family, who does not have a local church that they're a part of. Uh, please don't use that to compete with your friends who already have a church. Don't get in arguments about who's going to have the best Christmas service. Nobody cares. Let's go find people who need Jesus. Can I hear an amen? And, uh, and let's invite them and let's bring them. And uh, I'm just, I'm trusting God to do incredible, powerful things at all four of those services, excited for the message that he's put in my heart. And so I want to ask all of you to participate in two ways in our Christmas services. Number one is, would you please pray? Pray, 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 and pray. Pray for me, pray for our teams, pray for people who will serve, pray for the lost. 
Uh, it seems like every year at Christmas, somebody gets sick that's supposed to sing or something. So like, come on, we're just saying demons out in Jesus' name. Uh, we're, we're all going to be healthy up here on this platform, and we're going to lead people into the presence of God. And then invite. So pray and invite, pray and invite, pray and invite. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, we got to pray. And tell them, we got to invite somebody. All right? And so let's win people to Jesus in our Christmas services. I'm so excited for those. And then December 26th, that's a Sunday. Uh, we call that a day of rest. We do this every year. We take the last Sunday of the year and we say to everyone who serves, our staff, our dream team, everybody, hey, it's been a, uh, 12 months of serving and working hard, especially coming back from COVID. We've had to serve more people with less people. Our dream team has uh, been the, the thing to pick its momentum back up the slowest while we've had uh, high amounts of visitors and guests coming to our church. And so it's a well-deserved Break, but here was the thing. As we were looking at the calendar and thinking about this, we were like, is it really a break, though, when you just did six services in six days to just say, but you get the next day off? Like, it doesn't really feel like a break. Y'all, y'all with me? Like, it kind of feels like a, eh, is it, though? Uh, so this is a little bit of a risk. We've never done anything like this before. But the very f- next Sunday on January 2nd will be online only. I'm gonna pre-record a message for you to start the new year. And we're really serious about this. Dream team, leaders, people who serve, we're serious. We really want you to take a break. Go home, watch your kids play with their gifts, have fun, uh, relax, sleep in. Can I hear an amen? Right? Um, Finish off those Christmas cookies. Get rid of that headache that you might have. I'm not being judgmental. Just saying, go ahead and deal with it that day, all right? So, uh, because 26th really isn't giving people a chance to rest. So we'll we'll be online only on the 2nd. Look online for a message that day to start the year. And then our first time in person together will be our first Wednesday service, January 5th at 7 p.m., which we're also gonna invite uh, pastors and leaders from area ministries to come be a part of uh, that service with us. And any of them that choose to attend, we're just gonna take time to pray for them and their churches and their ministries that night and um, send, send people into the new year with a fresh anointing on them. That'll be our first time back in person in the new year. And then that next Sunday, we kick off 21 days of prayer and fasting. January 9th, we'll have a new New Year's series for you that day and prayer and fasting from the 9th to the 30th. Man, I, I, if you got to participate in prayer and fasting this past January, God, this is where God really started to do something special in the life of our church. So I just want to encourage you not to miss out on this. Make Make, start thinking about it now. How am I going to participate? Uh, how am I going to fast? What am I going to fast? Um, you know, some of us need to fast sweets. Some of us need to fast Fox News. Some of us need to fast CNN. Some of us need to fast social media. Come on, are your toes stepped on yet? I'll keep going until I get everybody. I'm an equal opportunity offender. And uh, so just start thinking about it right now. And then every Wednesday and Saturday during that 21 days of prayer, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and Saturdays at 10 p.m., we'll come together here for a time of worship and corporate prayer. And I'm just trusting God's going to show up in your life as we put God first at the first part of the year. Come on. Right? We're going to get our priorities straight as we start the year. Y'all on board with that? Y'all on board with that? Okay. All right. All right. One more, one more, one more, one more. I got to give you. I cannot wait. I am so excited. Thrive Marriage Conference, February 11th and 12th. Come on, where are all my married people at? Yeah, see, that's why we got to have a conference. Because some of y'all are like, yeah, I'm married. Mm-hmm. I'm married. You having a conference. 
Come on, how many know that's not how it's supposed to be? You know, marriage is, is the relationship most often used in the Bible to illustrate the relationship between our Heavenly Father and us. I, 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 think, I think, man, the world needs some more examples of what that's, that relationship is supposed to look like. Can somebody say amen? And um, I, I just meet too many people, too many people who their marriages are, it's a survival game, and that's not what God wants. God's plan for our marriages is not to survive, it's for them to thrive. Come on. That's, that's what God wants. And so that's why we're launching an in-person marriage conference for the first time. We've done marriage conferences in the past, but they were video streamed from an off-site location. We're leaning hard into this. We think there's an anointing on this house for marriages and families. Uh, and we're, and we're married people, we're coming for you. Wives and husbands, we're coming for you. We're going to serve you. We're going to disciple you. We're going to equip you. We're going to see healing take place in your homes. We're going to see restoration. We're going to see redemption. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to speak prophetically over you this morning. We're going, to see, and we're going to see it happen in our community and in our city, and we're going to swing for the fences on this, so you need to register now, because we're about to start advertising it to the general public. We're going to spend significant dollars to advertise this. We've got Pastors Dino and Delyn Rizzo coming to town. We've got Nancy Houston coming to town, and I just added on a friend. I wanted a friend to come speak, and uh, so we got Pastors Mark and Monica Poland who will be jumping in and joining us that weekend uh, and talking about marriage that weekend, and so Come on, how many believe marriages are meant to thrive? Can I hear an amen? amen. All right, so Thrive Marriage Conference. And uh, if you're single, come serve. And while you're serving, like, listen, you'll pick up some tips, some ideas for when you, you know, if you do. There's nothing wrong with being single. I want to be very clear. All right, so if you're single, it's totally fine. One of the most influential leaders in the history of the gospel stayed single his entire life. The Apostle Paul wrote most of your New Testament. Nothing wrong with being single. God will use you if you're single. But God wants our marriages to thrive. Can I hear an amen? All right, so let's get into what today is, is really all about. I'm going to try to keep it simple. I told the first service I was going to try to keep it brief, and that ended up being a lie. So I'm not going to say that. Uh, hopefully informative and helpful. I'm going to share some big picture stuff about the next 12 months in our church, some new aspects to our ministry, some tweaks that we're making. And then as you leave today, you have an opportunity to help set the pace for all of it with your legacy offering. Um, I'm going to share some things today that legacy funds will help us do. One, one of them right up front, I'll just tell you, like, we're, we're kind of praying about some, some, some technology upgrades that are due in the auditorium. We've, got, we've actually got some stuff that for a while we've been doing like the lipstick on a pig thing. Um, if you see a screen back there flickering this morning, it's, I promise it was not a manipulative tactic. It really did start to flake out on us today. Um, a lot of the technology we bought when we moved into this building, we, we did it as cheap as we possibly could, and it's working, but now some of it's starting to not work, and um, so they were resetting projectors and all kinds of stuff, and this is what we did. We were so, we've never paid a consultant or an outside company to come in and help us design anything in here, audio, visual, technology, none of it. We've kind of been gritty. We figured it out on our own. All these projectors that shine on those screens were refurbished when we bought them, and that was back in 2016, and, and um, really end of life on those is just a, a couple of years, and they were already at end of life when we bought them. And so one of them, the remote doesn't work. If you were in here when the, when the tech team gets here, they use a long pole to try to reach up there and turn the power on. It's pretty funny. Uh, so there's some things that is just time. A part of your legacy giving will potentially help with some improvements here, but uh, we're going to up our game with our missions projects around the world, and I've got some other things that I'm going to share with you today. Here's what legacy offering does, and I'm not going to say anything else about legacy offering today is you just set the pace for the vision with your giving. Your giving and your serve. 
set the pace for the vision. And I'm not asking you for anything. I want you to ask God. And if he tells you to participate, then you do what he says. And if he doesn't, then you don't worry about it. And, um, and so we'll move at the pace of your serving and your giving. And let me just tell you kind of where we're headed as a church. And um, if you want a deeper, more like doctrinal, theological exposition on some of the things that are in my heart that I'm sharing today, I want to encourage you to go back to the first Wednesday service of November. The recording is online. And that's really where a lot of this began to to unfold, and God was really speaking to me and to our staff and our leadership about the new year and what we believe God wants to do in the new year. And so I just want to show you a passage of Scripture in Acts chapter 2. And uh, if you're not familiar with Acts chapter 2, this is like the beginning of the New Testament church. So there's Pentecost. The Feast of Pentecost is going on in Jerusalem. Jesus told the early believers, go to this room, wait for the gift, wait for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes, tongues of fire on the head. People start speaking in other languages. People in the city hear their native tongue, proclaiming the goodness and the glory of God. They all come. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They think they're drunk. Peter stands up, preaches. 3,000 people give their hearts to Jesus. Pretty good first church service, amen? Like pretty good launch. Pretty good launch day for the New Testament church. 3,000 people give their hearts to Jesus. A few days later, a couple thousand more give their hearts to Jesus. And so we get this, uh, this account of what happens immediately following that, and it says all the believers, so all 5,000 plus of these people who've made decisions to, to follow Jesus, all the believers devoted themselves. So everybody say all. Okay, so if, if we are an extension of what happened there, then all of us should kind of want the same thing, I think. And all of us should devote ourselves to some things. The New Testament church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And that was because this way of life and this idea of grace and mercy and that Jesus paid the penalty for our sins and that we don't have to pay the penalty for it ourselves is, is so new, is so radical. It's still new and radical today in our society, by the way. Uh, most people are trying to figure out how to be good enough. And you can't be good enough. You need Jesus. Only Jesus is good enough. Can I hear an amen? amen. Only Jesus is good enough. So they're, they're, they're devoted to this teaching. They're trying to understand grace and mercy. I love this. They're devoted to fellowship. Fellowship, which is a, a Christian word for like just hanging out and being in, in community with each other. They're, they're devoted to sharing in meals. Can I get a good amen? Come on. I just think, I think there was actually a misprint in the Bible. You know, the Bible says where two or three are gathered, God is there in the midst. I think they left it out. I think it's where two or three and a meal are gathered. Come on. Or two or three and some barbecue. Yeah. They, they, they share in meals with each other, including the Lord's Supper. Uh, that's when we take communion together. I, I just want you to know we've decided every first Wednesday service in 2022 will have communion. All of them. Now, we'll still have some on Sunday mornings, but every, every first Wednesday service for 2022 will have communion available. Uh, sometimes we'll lead it as a congregation. Other times we'll leave it to you during worship to participate in communion, but we just felt like it was an important add to next year. So they devote themselves to that, and they devote themselves to prayer. So get into 21 days of prayer and fasting. And then watch this. A deep sense of awe came over them all. A deep sense of awe. Let me give you the modern version of the word awe. It's whoa. Whoa. What are we a part of? Wow. This is crazy. This is different. 
When's the last time you got around people who were following Jesus and every time you got together, you just thought, whoa. Wow. Like I had a whoa during Christmas shop. I was like, wow. But this was like every day. Whoa. Wow. This is cr- look at the miracles. Look, look, that guy, that guy's serving Jesus. He was the biggest jerk I knew. Whoa. There's just a lot of, a lot of whoa. Wow. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place, and they shared, everybody say the next word, everything. So there's this sense of generosity that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need, and they worshiped, everybody say that word right there. Come on, say it again. Together at the temple each day, and they met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while, the Bible says, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So uh, I'm going to make some confessions to you this morning. I'm going to be hyper-transparent. I hope you're okay with that. I'm going to repent to you this morning. Um, I think pastors and preachers and leaders, we want to win. We want things to grow. And so we oftentimes read this Acts chapter 2, New Testament account, and we put a lot of emphasis on this right here. The Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. What does that imply? It implies growth. This thing was getting bigger. And so I want to just kind of pose a question. Should the local church grow? Yeah, it should. But I, I think the trap is we can become so consumed with verse 47 that we forget 43. That like that they're devoted to each other. To we, we forget 43. We forget 44. We forget 45. And um, here's what I noticed as I was looking at this passage again. Conspicuously absent from this description of the early church is language like production value. Curriculum, branding, marketing schemes, and for good reason. It's all brand new. So we've added a lot of things to try to keep the church attractive to those who aren't a part of it yet. And I want to be clear, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I'm thankful for all the work that has been done to make the church attractive to people who don't know what the church is yet. I'm good with that. Here's where I'm struggling. Is once you get here, how many people are having an experience that marries up to Acts 2, 42, 43, 44, 45, and 46? And here's my confession. And I think it's a trap anybody could fall into, is um, I've kind of operated at times under the assumption that if we could try to create like some sort of little spiritual conveyor belt and put people on it, that we should be able to shoot you through the Christian factory and you pop out the other end polished and perfect and we don't really have to worry about you. 
And um, here's where it kind of jacked me up is I, like I've been serving Jesus most of my life. All of my adult life I've been involved in ministry. I've hopped on every conveyor belt that anybody's ever created and I had this epiphany. Like why am I still so jacked up? And so I've come to the conclusion that spiritual conveyor belts don't work. Now that doesn't mean we shouldn't have systems in our churches and we're not getting rid of ours. We're tweaking them a little bit. But as your pastor and as a staff, we have decided that we don't exist to serve the system. The system exists to serve the people. And that if we're not growing in our faith and if we're not growing in a deeper understanding of who Jesus is and what he wants for us, and if we're not growing in community and relationship with each other, then something is broken. And so we are willing at True Life to quit doing things, to throw things in the garbage, to light things on fire, whatever it takes. This has always been a place where we're okay with trying something different. And so uh, I don't have a way to make this sexy. I was listening to a podcast recently. This is actually a heartbreaking podcast, but there's a lot of language in it around churches and church leaders creating branding and, and even pastors coming up with their own brand. What is your brand as a pastor? And I was like, what? I don't even know what mine is. I don't think I have a champion hoodie. That's my brand. Those are my brands. That's my, that's my brand. I had a guy tell me this week, he's like, I think I'm just going to start calling you Pastor Hoodie. As you noticed, I'm not wearing one today because my wife was like, you can't do that every weekend. So she went out and bought a whole bunch of stuff. She's like, try all of this on. I'm tired of seeing you in a, in a hoodie. So here's what I hope our brand is. And I, I don't know how to make this look good or sound good or make this advertisable or marketable. Here's what I hope happens at True Life. I hope True Life is a house full of broken people getting healed. And um, as we get healed, we go find other broken people and we bring them to Jesus and we help them get healed too. I don't know how you put that on a billboard. I'm not sure you need to think enough people get healed, people start to take notice. You know, that was the thing about the New Testament church, is it was so counterculture, it was so counter society, that people started saying to these early believers, hey, I think your way is working better than mine. Can I join your family? Can, can, I, can I be, I'll sell all my stuff too, can I, you got an extra cot to sleep on? Like, I'll just, can I? And I just, like, I just can't help but think maybe supernaturally, prophetically, that's still possible. That there would be something so authentic and beautiful that takes place among a group of people who have faith in Jesus. That people who don't have what we have would be compelled to say, what is that? Can I have it? And then you save a lot of money on billboards. You won't need them. So, so the question I've been wrestling with is, is anybody having the, the Acts 2.42 experience? So here's my focus for this year. This is our staff's focus for this year. And I, I don't know how to make this sexy, but we've just decided we don't put people on spiritual conveyor belts. What we do is we build spiritual family. We build spiritual family, which I know is a word that freaks a lot of you out because your family's a mess. And I can relate so let me give you another word in case family messes with you. If you're, if you're triggered by the word family, we'll say it this way. In 2022, we're going to fight to build community. 
Authentic, meaningful community. So I'm talking about authentic, meaningful friendship. Spiritual family. Hey, True Life, the whole world needs it. And it's increasingly hard to find. Isn't it? We don't spend time with people anymore. Like, thank God you came to church today. Thank you. But we don't have to anymore. You can watch church online. You can stay home and order your groceries. You can work from home. You can order from your favorite restaurant at home. And you can sit in front of a camera with a headset on and have all your friend relationships that way. I don't know that's a great thing. And the psychology trends, I think, are proving me right. That maybe this isn't such a great, tra- great thing. Uh, I've, I've been listening to podcasts. Actually, uh, Pastor Joel is one that kind of got me going on it. And I don't remember which guy on there. And he talks about the word media. In fact, Joel, come up here. Come help me illustrate this point. He didn't know I was going to do this. So don't worry. You don't have to talk. <laughs> What's up, dude? How you doing? Thanks for wearing flannel. Um, so watch this, because there's not a lot of this going on in our world right now. I don't know if you know this. This is what a human being looks like. And I'm old enough to remember a time where to interact with each other, you would actually want to do some of this. Yeah, like you might high five, you might shake hands, you might hug each other. In fact, psychology proves that even these physical interactions with each other release chemicals and endorphins in our body that are good for our emotions and our mental health. And we don't do this anymore. This is weird. Some of you are freaked out that we have not let go of each other yet. You're not helping me, bro, but I just want to say you're squeezing my shoulder tighter than I'm squeezing yours, so... Uh, so there's this word, Joel, you probably heard this on this podcast, the word media has become a very big part of our culture and our society. And the Latin root is the word medi. It literally means the, the middle. In the middle. Some kind of worried that instead of an Acts 242 experience where people build authentic spiritual family and community with each other, we are now living life with some things permanently in the middle. Politics in the middle, Fox News in the middle, CNN in the middle, Facebook in the middle, Instagram in the middle, TikTok in the middle. And so what we do is, I'm just going to use this screen since we have one, is Joel and I used to hang out together, but you just, you go right there. Now, like I know Joel exists, but there's a medium between us there's something in the middle and y'all I'm telling you not only is is it starting to show up like secular psychologists are saying social media is bad for us but I think the Bible said it way before they did we were meant to be in community with each other And so now we live in this world where technology has made it very easy to put something in the middle and then just to ice the cake off, let's release a virus on the whole planet and make everyone scared of each other. (laughs) 
And so I kind of know Joel's over there, kind of like I know. And here's the problem with this. Joel could be drowning in baggage, drowning in it, covered in baggage. But if you take a picture at the right angle, it just looks like you're on vacation. And so I'm just saying like, if you want to be a part of this spiritual family, and I know this is a bold statement. Thanks, Joel. Love you, dude. By the way, this is all about small groups, so get ready to get busy. If you want to be a part of this spiritual family, um, we're going to get serious about this, removing what's in the middle. And I think we got a couple options, right? Like, we can get all angsty about the way culture is, and we can get mad about it, and we can curse the darkness. That is an option. I don't think it's the right option. I mean, how many of you have ever wanted to join something because of how mad everybody was? I don't think it's the right option. I think maybe the right option is to do what the Apostle Paul said in Hebrews chapter 10 when he said, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. That's what I'm trying to do this morning. And let us not neglect meeting. Come on, say it again. No, come on, y'all. You got to say it like I'm preaching something that makes sense, would you? And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do and some will. Don't worry about it. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So we're going to build spiritual family in 2022. Here's how I'm praying for the year. God, help us to continue to become a healthy, high-touch church that feels like home. I had, a, had somebody stop me in the lobby a few weeks ago. I said, hey, when I came to church, and somebody was standing outside holding a sign that said, welcome home. Like, that, that was for me. I knew, like, this is where I belong. It's like, hey, greeters, go buy a whole bunch of those signs. Get them out. A healthy, high-touch church that feels like home. And I'm not scolding us this morning. A lot of you already do a lot of this. I heard another family recently said, we knew this is where we were belong when somebody chased us down in the parking lot to keep an umbrella over our heads so that we wouldn't go to our car in the rain. Love that. Love that hard. But we've got to stay intentional about it. And so the question then is, what do we do? And what part is God asking me to play in? So let me just share some things from a leadership perspective that we're going to do, some, some tweaks that we're going to make to the systems because the systems exist to serve the people. Leaders have to go first. And so I'm asking all of you to participate in this. And one of the big changes we're making is our life track process. If you don't know what life track is, this is our system to help you identify, is this the right church for me? Is this supposed to be my spiritual family? Make that decision and then figure out what does it look like to participate in the family. You're not saved to serve, but we get to serve because the Heavenly Father bought our salvation and then he's invited us into the family business with him, right? And so uh, we're changing life track. Um, it's no longer going to be four steps, it's going to be three. So step one will be all about membership and should I, is this my spiritual family? Step two will still be about helping you identify your spiritual gifts and how God wants to use you. And step three will be about figuring out how to start using those gifts and make a difference in the lives of other people. And then uh, we're going to move it from Sunday mornings to Sunday nights. So Life Track up until now has been on Sunday mornings. It's been all video 
presented with a host in our life track room. And so we're changing it so that we can be high touch. As often as I possibly can, I'm going to come teach in person. Uh, Our staff is going to be there. If you're a dream teamer or a leader, anytime you want to show up at Lifetrack and just meet people and build relationship with people who are taking their next step spiritually, you have an open invitation to join us there. We're going to celebrate people. We're going to throw a party every week. And that's going to begin in February. So we'll move it to Sunday nights at 5 p.m., three steps beginning February. So first Sunday, second Sunday, third Sunday of every month so that we can actually interact and be high touch. We can't do that on a Sunday when people are going through life track because we have the responsibilities of a church service going on. And I know you may be thinking like, okay, well that means I'd have to go home and come back. Yes. So will we. Even during football season. All right? And I'm willing to do it because you matter. You matter. And I kind of like the idea that it requires some intentionality and some commitment on people's part to say, I will go home and come back. Child care will be provided. So we'll move it to, to Sunday nights. It'll be much more relational, much more high touch. And then we'll take the fourth Sunday of every month. And Dream Team, we're just going to get you together and throw a party every month. And um, that'll happen the fourth Sunday of every month at 5 p.m., And every week, every month, this could look a little different. Sometimes it'll be a party. Sometimes we might have a little bit of teaching. Sometimes we might just worship or pray together. But here's the the win for our monthly team nights is we gotta create space where our dream team can get together and just have fun and relationship with each other and not just do work. It's not healthy just to do work all the time. It's not good for us. Dream team, where you at? Dream team, where you at? (laughs) So we're like... I'm working too much. I'm too tired to say amen. Leave me alone. We, like, this is important. We've got to have it. We've got to have it. And I know some of you are thinking, like, are you asking me to commit to one more thing? No. You come when you can. Now, it's going to be good enough that you'll be sad when you miss it, but you come when you can. We're going to create space for dream teamers to connect with each other and not just work next to each other. And it is exclusive to dream teams, so you have to be active dream team to come. All right. All right, so let me ask you all to help us out with another area of this, creating intentionality around community relationships. Um, there's, there's about 500 people who come to church here now. And um, I, can't, I, can't, I can't connect with all 500. I can't, like Jesus had 12, and he was Jesus. I'm not Jesus. And one of those stabbed him in the back, right? I mean, like, Um, I can have 10 or 15 close relationships and you can have 10 or 15. And somebody else can have 10 or 15. And somebody else can have 10. And, and, and if we all work together, all 500 of us can have meaningful community. Not just all 500 of us, but all the, the next 500 and the next 500 and the next 500. And so I just want to share some vision with you four groups I'm going to do everything I can to support our leaders and our team this year to make sure that we develop small groups in each of these five lanes of faith, family, finance, freedom, and fitness. Come on, where are my workout people at? So in all these four, you can eat. What, what just happened? Yeah, in those four, you can have food, and that one you can't. All right, so... Um, <laughs> 
Come on, where my softball team at? Come on, men, where you at? <laughs> That's a fitness group, all right? We've had workout groups here in the past. Um, I, I, I just, I want you to pray about group participation this, in the next 12 months. The percentage of our church that participate in groups is not nearly high enough to be healthy. This has nothing to do with ego or patting ourselves on the back or having statistics that we love. I'm telling you, we're not healthy if a higher percentage of us do not participate in group life with each other. And I need you healthy. This is my job. This is what pastoring is. It's to, just to, to lead you to the places that we need to go to get fed. And I'm just telling you, without authentic community, we're not healthy. Say amen if you're with me. At least Pastor Joel better amen me. So, uh, and then I have some specific vision for 2022 within that. Um, I, I want to see us develop Fresh Start and Freedom Group options at least five times a week. I'd really like one every day of the week. But by the end of 2022, I'd like us to have Fresh Start and Freedom options that, so that there's, people have options around schedules. And so if God's tugging at your heart today and you've led one of these types of groups before and for some reason you're not, I'm just asking you to prayerfully consider leading a group. Or if you've been to one of these groups and you know how beneficial it was for you, Maybe, maybe you need to step up and be the leader and offer one now. We, we need more of these as an option. We need some women's groups. Come on, women, where you at? We need some women to get together and, and do whatever it is y'all do when you're together. I don't know, because I'm not in a women's group. Uh, we, do need some, we need some men's groups. Come on, guys, where you at? We need some men's groups so we can get together and eat meat. I don't know. What else do we do when we get together? <laughs> do some stuff, hang out, watch some sports, and then have some soul care. Uh, there's a group of men that God has put in my heart that I've been uh, inviting to a small group in February that I just, there's a handful of men that I know I'm supposed to spend some time with and do some soul care. So, uh, And then we need some, some marriage and parenting groups. And if God tugs at your heart on one of these and you're like, but I don't know how to do that, we will we'll train you, we'll resource you, we'll equip you, we'll even give you a curriculum that's on video. You can watch a video and then just talk with each other about what you watched. We'll make it as easy on you as possible. All I need is for you to create space that is safe for people to talk about who they really are and what's really going on in their world. So as leaders, as a staff, we're going to do everything we can to lean hard into building spiritual family and community. I'm going to ask you to participate in a group. Like, just try it, please. I'm borderline begging you. Uh, we, we'll have three semesters in 2022. The first one will begin towards the end of February. Try to get in, involved in at least two out of the three. Try to do something in at least two out of the three. Participate in a group or lead a group. And uh, there are some stipulations on group leadership. Like we want to know that you've been a part of a successful group in the past. We're gonna do a little bit better job of making sure we're setting up group leaders for success. So if you come to us and you have like a really weird idea for a group, we're gonna be really honest with you about that. And be like, hey, we think it might just be you and your cat at that small group. So maybe no, all right? We're gonna try to set you up to win. So lots of emphasis on family, lots of emphasis on community. Are y'all still with me? Lots of emphasis on small groups. So that obviously takes us to this question of then, does that mean we're done growing? Are we not gonna grow anymore? Are we just gonna focus on the small stuff? And of course the answer is no. We still have 
a mission. We are still going to grow. We still exist to lead people into a life-giving relationship with Jesus and to become fully devoted followers of him. Let me say it to you this way. I think for nine and a half years, our church has been pretty good at leading people into a life-giving relationship with Jesus. I think we need to get better at spiritual family and community to accomplish the second half, which is to help people figure out what it looks like to be a fully devoted follower of Jesus. You with me? So we got to do it all. We got to make sure we do the whole mission. And for the time being, uh, here's how I think we grow. Um, I, I kind of like this environment. Uh, I don't really have anything in my heart right now, and I don't think our leadership has anything in our heart right now telling us, like, go build a bigger building. I don't think we need a basketball stadium or, you know, anything. I don't want you to come to church and be like, starting at guard. You know, we, just don't, we don't need that. Um, I, I like that uh, this environment, this facility is large enough that a person can be anonymous if they need to be and small enough that a person can make a connection if they're ready to, Right? You see what I'm saying? So here's, here's, here's how I think we can grow. Number one, I think we add more services to this facility if we need to. Um, just a quick show of hands. If we were to offer services on a Saturday evening, how many of you would make that your choice? How many would come? Okay, so it would be a really small service. All right. Um, <laughs> just want to know. This is how we know. All right. Um, that's an option for us. Eventually, if our dream team has depth on the bench, maybe we go back to three services on Sunday morning. Uh, but we're not going to do that unless it's, healthy, unless it's healthy for our team. So we can add services here. I, I have some friends who are really good at like thinking strategically and all that kind of stuff. That's not really my flow. It's not my game. I've tried to be them at times. In fact, one time I hung out with a friend, a pastor, who's like, uh, I wrote down a strategic plan for our church. It was a it was a five-year strategic plan, and as soon as I wrote the plan, our church started to grow, and I was like, cool, I need a strategic plan. So I wrote a strategic plan, I got up, and I shared it with the whole church, and then we did none of it. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like it's taken me nine and a half years to find my own voice. Thank you all for putting up with me. So what God has been dropping in my heart is communities specific communities and then how do we serve those communities and so I'll just tell you what's in my heart right now and you can let us know on a connection card if you get excited about this and you want to be a part of it I'm hoping by the fall that we are able to invite you to join a launch team uh, for a new community a new place to gather for worship there's two places that are on the radar right now we'll see what God does one is uh, to get back kind of to our roots where we started next to the University of Delaware campus. I have a heart to reach college students. And, uh, in fact, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but I'm going to because that's me. Um, I just got the opportunity in the last week and a half to, we're, we're, I'm going to go take a look at a couple pieces of property that are available. One, one in Newark near the, near the University of Delaware campus. Um, the other one in Cecil County. I have a heart for Cecil County. Amanda and I's ministry started in Cecil County. That was our first place that we pastored together. We were youth pastors there. Um, so my heart, I have a heart for Cecil County. In fact, we had a small congregation reach out to us that was struggling and said, hey, could we just give you our church? And um, while we were investigating that, it kind of fell through. It, it, nothing that we did or anything, it just didn't, just 
wasn't going to work. And, um, but I kind of got a little mad at the devil because I found out that the building the church was meeting in is going to get taken over by a medicinal marijuana store. And so I'm just kind of like, nah, nah, we're going we're gonna to try to see if we can keep that in the kingdom. Now, I don't know if that's God's will or if that's what's going to happen, but we found out the property's for sale. And so we figured, what if we just take it? I don't know. It might not be what God wants, but I do know God wants us to reach into Cecil County. Are you all with me this morning? And I do know God wants us to reach students. And then I'm praying about Newcastle and Bear, Middletown, Smyrna. I feel like God wants us to think community-based and to drop into each community and find ways to serve and reach people in each of those. And so that's how we'll grow. We'll add services and we'll, we'll find new communities to reach into, but we're going to do it with an emphasis on being healthy, not big. I think we'll get, I mean, it'll, it'll, the size will take care of itself. We're, our emphasis is going to be on healthy. And I've just, I told our team this, if being healthy means the pace of our growth is slower, I'm good with that. Fine with it. We're also going to grow. We're about to wrap it up. Trust me. I know I'm over. But y'all need to hear this, right? Y'all want to know this stuff? Okay. I mean, if not, you can leave. I won't be mad. Um, we're also going to grow by making significant investments in the next generation. Young people, students, future leaders. We have some people in our church who feel called to serve the local church in leadership roles or even vocational ministry to make it their full-time job. And so I'm really excited today. We've been kind of piloting quietly behind the scenes. I've told you all this is coming, but I'm excited today to tell you that officially next fall, we will open the True Life Church School of Ministry and, uh, and have a place for students to come and learn. And I don't know how many students will sign up for that. It might be two, it might be 200. We'll just serve whoever shows up and whoever signs up. I wanna ask Tristan, where you at Tristan? Come on up here. Um, Come on, come on, come on, run, hurry, 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 because everybody's hungry, everybody's hungry. Um, Tristan has been one of the couple people, come over to this side, who, um, she's been serving in our dream team, you're 19? About to be. About to be 19 years old, and, um, and she's been serving on our dream team, serving in kids' life, blue looks good on you, and uh, blue looks good on everybody, by the way, so um, just saying. Um, serving in kids' life and serving our students, our student ministry on Sunday nights. And just love your heart, girl. Love your passion for God. You're passionate for Jesus. And so a couple of our staff and a couple people behind the scenes, we said, hey, do you want to come pilot this curriculum with us? We want to test it out. We want to see if it's good. And Tristan has been one of our students who's going through her first year of, of training with our partnership with uh, DLI, Destiny Leadership Institute. Um, fully transferable credits to Southeastern University. And um, so I just wanted to take a second, Tristan, and, and just real quick, like, can you give like 15 seconds? Like, what's something you've learned or, or something you've been enjoying about? You can hold that, get it up there. You want to preach someday, right? Yeah. So you've got to learn like to right hold the here. microphone. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, so what's, what's like, give us a quick 10 or 15 second highlight of ministry school and kind of what you've been learning. What, what are you getting out of that? Yeah, so um, it's just been like a basic like overview of like everything like about like Jesus and the Bible and just how to have like a better servant attitude that like 
even though you want to like strive to like become a leader, like once you get to that leadership position, you have to go back down to being a servant because that's like basically all it comes back to. And like one of like the biggest things that is like stuck out to me was we have like monthly webinars. And so um, during one of the times, like one of the sentences that they said was, God can only heal what you reveal. And so that just kind of stuck to me that like, you can go through school, you can learn all about the Bible, you can learn how to be a pastor or serve people, but you won't ever be able to heal from things and be the true leader that God has called you to be until you reveal things to Him. That's good. That's really good. How many of y'all think she's about ready to preach, right? Like, <laughs> you know, like, so thank you, Tristan. I appreciate it. just wanted people to see you and hear a little bit about what's going on in ministry school. Y'all give her a little bit of love. Give her a little bit of love one more time. Thanks, Tristan. Actually, wait. Oh, hold on. I forgot something. Come back. Come back. Come back. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot something. Um, I forgot. Because I want you to hear about this. There's something else with ministry school that we're doing that today is the first day we're telling anybody about it. Some of you will know who this guy is. This is John Reale, uh, who served many years here at True Life as our secretary treasurer on our financial board. And um, just an incredible friend. Has, has had an impact on all of your lives and many of you didn't even know who he was. I miss him terribly. Just having somebody I could call and say, hey, what should we do with this? Or what do you think about this? Or how's the bank going to look at this financial decision? And miss him a ton and, and his leadership and advice. And so today I'm announcing not only are we launching the ministry school next fall, Tristan, but today we're announcing a portion of your legacy giving will be put into what we're calling the John Reale Memorial Scholarship Fund for the True Life Church School of Ministry where we can scholarship students to, to be a part of that. So tell your friends, anybody who feels called to ministry, there's a shot, there's a shot that maybe it gets scholarship. So thank you, Tristan. Thank you. We love you, girl. You're awesome. Thank you. Oh, wait, come back, come back, come back, come back. I forgot one more thing. So we thought it'd be cool today not to just announce the ministry school, not to just announce the scholarship fund, but in the first service, we told Tara Lauren that she is going to be the first recipient of the John Reale Scholarship, and I'm really excited, really honored to tell you in this service that you're going to be the second recipient of the John Reale Scholarship Fund. So next fall, next fall, if you want to continue with ministry school, it's all paid for, books, curriculum. Every part of ministry school is covered for you. And not only is next year covered, but we've got a check for you to pay back everything you paid in for your first year. We're going to cover your entire first year of ministry school. So love you, kid. Proud of you. Come on, give it up for him, buddy. I love having the opportunity to invest in young leaders and young people, and your generosity is the reason we're able to do that. And I just, can I just say selfishly, this has been one of the most fun mornings of my life in, in ministry to be able to say, say to two people that, uh, that, that, hey, we're hooking you up. We're gonna, we see Jesus in you. We see leadership in you. And um, we believe great things are, are ahead. Amen. Stand to your feet all across the room if you would. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I'm going to pray. I'm going to invite people into a relationship with Jesus, and then I'm going to dismiss you. And on your way out, you have the opportunity to give. 
in the legacy offering today. Your giving determines the pace. You just be obedient. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I wonder if there's anybody listening today in this room or online who does not know Jesus. And you don't have spiritual family. And I just want you to know everything we do, we do to try to help you connect with Jesus. And so if you're ready today to surrender to him, to give your life to him, why don't you just tell him right there where you're at. Just say, Jesus, today I surrender to you. I make you my Lord and my Savior. You can have my life. Have your will. Do whatever you want. Forgive me of my sins. Make heaven my home. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time, please, please, please let us know on a connection card before you go today. If there's any part of the vision from today that is kind of resonating in your heart and you feel like you're supposed to be a part of it, that's small group leadership or small group participation or maybe you'd like to help us host those life track events on Sunday nights or team nights, would you just let us know on a connection card? Maybe God's put it in your heart to go help us launch ministry in Newark near the campus or maybe Cecil County's on your heart. Would you just let us know? Just let us know on a connection card. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Heavenly Father, this is your house. This is your spiritual family. We're just one expression of it. But I believe this is your word for us for 2022. And some of us are hiding behind masks and we're hiding behind hurt. Some of us got into meaningful relationship in a church one time in the past and it didn't turn out so well and so we've been, we've been cautious. Lord, I pray we would just, each and every one of us, whatever that step is that we need to take towards authentic community, that we would take it. Remove the medium, remove the, the middle that's keeping us from having the, the connection to your people that you want for us. We know that we get salvation from you. But God, your word is so clear that our, our healing really happens when we do life together. So I pray for a fresh commitment to community, to family, in each and every one of our hearts today, and that each and every one of us would own it and take steps toward it. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we commit to being the healthiest version of your bride, your family that we can that we can pull off. And we thank you that you're gonna use that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And if you're in agreement, would you say amen this morning? Amen, amen. All right, well, we're late, we're out of time. The band will play one more time, but if you wanna go, you can go. Come on, let's give Jesus our very best praise. We'll see y'all at Christmas services this week. God bless y'all. Come on, we sing. We sing a song and you come in, make a dance and you come in, shout your name and you come in, keep it crazy and you come in, we sing a song and you come in, make a dance and you come in, shout your name and you come in, keep it crazy and you come in, we sing a song and you come in, make a dance and you come in, shout your name and you come in, keep it crazy and you come in, we sing a song and you come in, make a dance and Give me praise, only you and I 
Merry Christmas Eve.